Welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. And I'm Howie Silbiger. Welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Technology works... Most of the time. Uh, we had to restart the uh, stream. We had a, a slight technical issue with the audio, so the stream had to be restarted. But we are back. We are happy. We are here. And we are live. You could feel free to call in. Number to call, one 669 1292 If the phones work, we could get you on the air. one 669 1292 That's the number to call. Get in on the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. So Roseanne Barr uh, got herself into trouble again, but this time I think it's a little bit of an overreaction. And, and the people who are getting her into trouble, people who are yelling and screaming about this, they are the people who get paid to yell and scream about uh, anti, anti-Jewites, anti-Jewites who get up and uh, speak out against the Jewish people. So uh, Haaretz is, is one of those sites who loves to uh, raise the alarm uh, it's a barely read newspaper out of Israel. Uh, it's the least popular newspaper in Israel. And uh, I, I saw the article in Haaretz earlier today. It said, Roseanne Barr, a controversial Jewish comedian and former star of the working class family sitcom Roseanne, denied the Holocaust and exposed other conspiracy theories on a recent episode of the podcast this past weekend, hosted by comedian Theo Vaughn. The two and a half hour interview, which aired on June 14th, went viral Tuesday after social media unearthed a clip of Barr's Holocaust denial, after suggesting that social media platforms manipulate the truth by banning select accounts, Barr said, nobody died in the Holocaust either. That's the truth. She continued, it should happen. Six million Jews should die right now because they cause all the problems in the world, but it never happened. Vaughn, who had been nodding along, said, you're part Jewish, right? I'm all Jewish, 100%, Barr, whose grandmother lost her family in the Holocaust, responded. Barr later said in response to prompting by Vaughn that Jews started Hollywood and have since run it like an organized crime network. It was weird when Hollywood went against you because you're Jewish, Vaughn asked. Well, Hollywood Jews don't like Jews. Let's be real, Barr responded. I'm a Jew and I got fired from Jewish Hollywood. Now, in 2018, Barr was fired from the reboot of Roseanne since renamed Rick Connors over racist comments she had posted on a social media site. When ABC executives announced that the show would continue without her, Barr claimed that she was ousted due to anti-Semitism. I'm not the right kind of Jew, Barr said on a podcast, showing off the ring she was wearing adorned with the evil eye. I'm a Jewy Jew. I'm all the scary kind. Barr was raised in Salt Lake City, Utah, where her family tried to conceal their Jewish identity and were, act- and were active in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's the Mormon Church. Despite observing Jewish customs at home, her 1989, uh, according to her 1989 memoir, My Life as a Woman, Barr wrote that being the only Jewish girl in school uh, growing up left her feeling paranoid. Throughout her career, Barr's relationship to Jewish identity had fluctuated. In 2008, she was criticized for calling Israel a Nazi state due to its treatment of the Palestinians. She's since become pro-Israel advocate and has, invited, has been invited to speak out against boycott, divestment, and sanction movements at the Knesset in 2018. In 2016, Barr declared herself a Hebrew priestess and launched a woman's temple for the transformation in Tikkun Olam in Hawaii. Perhaps most controversially, 
Barr dressed up as Hitler baking burnt gingerbread cookies for a 2009 photo shoot for now defunct Jewish magazine Heap. So this is a fear-mongering article written by Haaretz. It is a, uh, it is a complete fear-mongering uh, article because we are now going to watch and hear exactly what Roseanne Barr said. And you will see after watching this that perhaps, just perhaps, just maybe a smidgen People are overreacting. Maybe, just a little bit. Maybe. Maybe. Already, the Anti-Defamation League has yelled and screamed uh, about, uh, about Roseanne. Already, the um, B'nai B'rith, uh, the B'nai B'rith um, League of Human Rights in Canada has gotten up and screamed about it. Already, the uh, Howard's newspaper and uh, other newspapers in, in, in uh, Israel have gotten up and yelled that Roseanne is an anti-Semite. It, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And uh, here is exactly what happened. This is the podcast that Roseanne was on. Here, watch this. So it wasn't rigged? Of course not. Yeah. 36 counties have 81 (laughs) million people in them. See? That's the truth. And don't you dare say anything against it or you'll be off YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and all the other ones. Because we have, you know, there's such a thing as the truth and facts and we have to stick to it. And, um, you know. It's scary. And that is the truth. And nobody died in the Holocaust either. No. That's the truth. Yeah. It should happen. It, six million Jews should die right now because they cause all the problems in the world. But it never <laughs> happened. But it never happened. Yeah. All right. That was Roseanne Barr on that podcast with, uh, with the comedian John Mon. And, uh, and you, you heard her say, Holocaust never happened. But she was being sarcastic. She was being absolutely sarcastic when she said that. And it's quite obvious that she was referring to the fact that uh, Twitter and Facebook and YouTube pick and choose what they declare uh, truth. We've been, uh, we've been thrown off YouTube a couple of times already due to some of the stuff that we, I say on the show. And uh, we've, I've, been, I've been eliminated from YouTube. Uh, I have a couple of strikes on the account because of a couple of things I said on the show that YouTube deemed untrue. Now, whether they're true or not is irrelevant. Uh, I have an opinion show, so my opinion should be all that counts on this show. But, alas, at the end of the day, it is the social media companies that decide what is true and what is not true. Now, Jonathan Greenblatt from the Anti-Defamation League uh, posted on Twitter, Sarcasm or not, Roseanne Barr's comments about Jews in the Holocaust are reprehensible and irresponsible. This isn't funny. And shame on Theo Vaughn for letting go unchallenged, instead diving into conspiracy theories about Jews and the Holocaust and Hollywood. Really? American Jewish Committee put out a statement saying anti-Semitism isn't a joke and the Holocaust is not a subject for sarcasm. Regardless of intent, Roseanne Barr's conspiracy theories fuel Jewish anti, anti-Jewish hatred. Theo Vaughn as host failed to condemn this dangerous and shocking rhetoric. Really? I am, um, uh, all right, I will, I will, I will, uh, go into this rant that I, that I go into when these things happen, because, uh, I think it's important that I can continuing to, to repeat myself and repeat this over and over again. The Anti-Defamation League, um, the League for Human Rights, the, uh, the federations of the world, these organizations are paid, they are paid to be outraged. These are paid outrage organizations. 
Do they do good work? Sure, sometimes they do. Every uh, every clock, every broken clock is fixed, is, is correct at least once a day. But these organizations are actually paid to be outraged about everything. And when there is a lack of anti-Jewish sentiment in the world, which there hardly ever is, but when there is a slow news week, these organizations will jump on anybody and anything in order to continue to be relevant. Uh, if they don't, they, they are irrelevant and people stop donating money to them. And then Jonathan Greenblatt can't take $100,000 or $200,000 salary every year. Therefore, they must find outrage. They must find anti-Jewism anywhere they look. The world is a scary place, they say. Everybody hates the Jews. It's not necessarily true. And this is a perfect example of the fact that this is not necessarily true. Roseanne Barr has been very, very pro-Jewish her entire career. Roseanne Barr has, uh, has been proudly Jewish when it wasn't even a thing to be proudly Jewish. In the 1980s, Roseanne Barr stood up and, uh, and declared herself Jewish. And she declared herself a, a, a Jew. She said she was orthodox. That's debatable. But it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. She declared herself a Jew and she was a proud Jew. Now, nobody should care what the religion of an entertainer is. I, I personally couldn't care less what the religion of an entertainer is. I couldn't care less. I'm, I'm not one of those guys who will say, oh, she's Jewish. Wow, look at that. Look at that Jew. I, I'm, not, I'm not one of those people. I know those people exist. I just don't have to be one of them. I couldn't care less how, how, uh, how religious, irreligious, how Jewish, un-Jewish, how Christian a, um, an entertainer is. The job of an entertainer is to entertain me. And as long as they entertain me, I couldn't care less what they practice, what religion they practice, or what they do in their private lives. That's their business. It's not mine. But what I do care about is when organizations, particularly Jewish organizations, take things out of context to create a controversy when controversy should not exist. I'm the first one to get up and condemn somebody who gets out on a platform, on any platform, and yells about the Jewish people and, um, and insults the Jewish people. I'm the first one to get on here and, and scream and yell and argue about people disparaging the Jewish race. And, uh, and I've been doing this for years. For, for years, you, you've seen me here on this show and you've heard me here on this show screaming and yelling about Jew haters and how we should fight back against Jew haters. In fact, I was on just a couple of nights ago talking about how we should fight back about Jew haters, how we should uh, defend ourselves and how the Jewish people should be up in, uh, in arms when there are actual Jew haters. I was making fun of Jews uh, a couple of days ago. I was just making fun of Jews who were holding a Nazi, uh, who, who, were, who said it was the worst thing in their lives that two guys were standing in front of their synagogue holding a Nazi flag. This was the worst event that ever happened to them in their lives. And I said, Alavai, that should be the worst event that ever happens to them. I, I, I believe that that should be the worst event that ever happens to them. I pray that two guys standing in front of their synagogue with a Nazi flag, not attacking the synagogue, not throwing Molotov cocktails in the synagogue, not even calling for the genocide of Jewish people. I pray and I hope that that's the worst thing that ever happens to these people in that synagogue. And I pray and I hope that it never gets any further than that, than guys standing in front of the synagogue holding a Nazi flag. Look, you're not going to stop idiots. Idiots exist and they will exist and continue to exist regardless of where we are. Jewish people have responded and have, have, have suffered the, the, the backside of the hand when it comes to idiots and the Jewish people. 
and and we should be we should be wary of that. We should understand that 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 we are we are guests in the land of somebody else, and we should understand that uh, that maybe our our welcome is starting to wear off a little bit, and that's fine. We as long as we understand our role, and as long as we understand where we are and understand what we're doing, then we can continue doing what we do. As long as nobody's trying to hurt us, we can continue doing what we want to do. But at the end of the day, when we take a person out of context and we ignore the fact that they're a comedian and they're a controversial comedian, they're a comedian that's done this before, that uses sarcasm to prove a point, and we, we ignore the sarcasm and we ignore the fact that this person is known for making these sarcastic remarks and we condemn them right and left, shame on us. There's enough Jew haters out there, real Jew haters, that we shouldn't go after the people who love the Jewish people. I remember a few years ago, Netflix uh, produced a show roasting Anne Frank. And a bunch of comedians got out and they started roasting. It It was a roast, like an open roast show, roasting Anne Frank. And I remember getting on this show right here just a couple of years ago and condemning this right and left. The show was hosted by Jeff Ross, who happened to be a Jewish comedian. And I said, I don't care if you're Jewish, you're not Jewish, you can't be roasting Anne Frank. This is not something that's funny. It's not something we should be joking about. Anne Frank was a child victim of the Holocaust. And roasting a child victim of the Holocaust is completely unacceptable. Roasting any victim of the Holocaust is completely unacceptable. The Holocaust should not be a joking matter. So did Roseanne use poor taste in her, in her joke? Of course she did. Is the joke condemnable on, 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 the, on the status of being a bad joke? Yeah, for sure. Is Roseanne a Jew hater? Absolutely not. The same way I don't think she was a racist when she posted what she posted when she got fired from her show. I think that was an overreaction too. We live in a hypersensitive world, a crazy, hypersensitive world. And in this hypersensitive, crazy world, we have to understand that there are people out there who will get offended on everything and everything. I'm sure I've offended at least five people watching the show right now. But I don't care. You could be offended. I have the right to offend you, and you have the right to disagree with me, and that's fine. There used to be a thing called the right to the, uh, I agree to disagree. That used to be a thing doesn't exist anymore. Unfortunately, we live in a hypersensitive world and the media keeps it going. It's time to loosen up, people. What's wrong with you? one 669 1292 is the number to call in if you want to get in on a conversation, we could talk. one 669 1292 I just don't understand what's wrong with people. Why people are like this? And I haven't been able to understand this at all from, from day one. I haven't been able to understand this. Why are people like this? Why, why does this happen? Why, why do we allow this to happen? It makes no sense to me. Maybe we're just glutton for punishments. Maybe we just like being the victim. It's time for us to stop being the victim. It's time for the Jewish people to toughen up. This was not an anti-Semitic incident. Roseanne Barr is not anti-Semitic. And this is absolutely... an overblown, ridiculous argument. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Uh, Very soon, um, just a few weeks, uh, we are probably going to be covering the Just for Last Festival. Uh, 
So what we will be doing uh, is we will go out and we will uh, we'll watch shows. And uh, then Sheldon Freed will do some reviews and I will interview some comedians. And we've been doing this for years and years and years. And uh, we are proud to be partners with the Just for Last Festival, uh, media partners with Just for Last Festival. And, um, and, and I think it, it's going to be great. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to this year's Just for Last Festival. It looks like uh, the... It looks like the um, the the comedians coming in are going to be fabulous, and because they're so fabulous, because they're so great, and because this uh, the Just for Last Festival is a great festival to uh, to be listening to, to be watching, and to be buying tickets for, uh, I, I think you should go ahead and do that. Hahaha.com is the website of the Just for Last Festival. Feel free to go there and order your tickets early. Order your tickets often and go to as many shows as you can. Uh, Sheldon Freed will be back and he'll be, uh, he'll be reviewing the shows. I'll be interviewing some comedians and reviewing some shows that I see. And, uh, and maybe you could call in and tell us about the shows that you saw too. one 1292 is the number to call. Do you think Roseanne Barr is a racist? Do you think that what she said makes her a anti-Jewite? I, I don't really believe that it does. And I think it's an overblown. I think, I think it's been overblown. And this is what's blowing up on Twitter now. And Twitter people tend to blow things out of proportion, and this is definitely taken out of context and blown out of proportion. I played you the clip before. Uh, I, I don't want to play it again because it's just kind of kind of too much to play it twice. But at the same time, how can I not? So uh, if you saw it once already, if you saw it before, I'm sorry, I'm going to play it one more time because uh, maybe I'm wrong. And maybe the people on Twitter are right and I'm wrong. Perhaps that's true. I, I don't know. But before we play it again, let's go to the phones. Uh, hi, who's this? Hello? Hi. Yeah, hi. Um, am I speaking to uh, Howie? Hi, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're on the show. You're on the show. You're on the air with me. I'm on the show. Okay, yeah. okay. It's the first time I actually uh, I may have seen you or something like that, but uh, uh, I was on Facebook and you came up. Oh, glad. I'm glad okay. that you. I'm glad you found me. Uh, what's your name? My name is Shalom. Shalom, Good welcome to the program. Montreal, Canada, Cote and Luke. Welcome to the program. Do you think Roseanne Barr is a racist? Do you, do you think that's the uh, that's the case? I, I tell you, look. I tell you honestly, I'm not. Uh, uh, you know, I heard a little bit of what's going on, uh, what you were saying, and um, I, I'm not really very much politically uh, oriented. Okay, like yeah. you are. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I'm more spiritually oriented and so forth, and more into the energy thinking and so forth. And um, you know, there, you know, there's a place to speak up. There's a place, you know, when there's real racism going on and so forth. But also, we have to understand. I mean, when we put a lot of attention to these racists, if you want. We're giving them way more power. Okay, that's very true. Okay, so yeah, but, but, at this, but at the same, <laughs> because I wasn't sure if you would agree on that. But, but at the same time, at the same time, we have to understand, Shalom, that uh, that we have to talk about these things, and we have to understand the severity. There's different severities of racism. So, so if a Jewish comedian gets up, and makes a anti-Jewish joke, um, that is. Um, that 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 is anti-Semitic in its core. It's anti-Jewish in its core because it's an anti-Jewish joke and it's promoting an anti-Jewish stereotype. 
but I don't think it's overly influential, which means that which means that the people listening to it aren't going to walk away from that um, from that comedy show saying, "Oh, wow, that Jew said that you know that Jews have long noses, therefore all Jews have long noses." It's it's it, you know, you have to look at cause and effect. So the the cause and the effect of a comedian getting up and saying something like that is different than a politician getting up and saying the exact same thing. So so the severities of 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 um of responsibility for different people in society and uh, that seems to have been blurred in today's world. Absolutely, I agree with you. Um, obviously, who's saying it and how they're saying it, and if it's taken as a joke. You know, yeah, obviously, obviously, you know, it's, uh, obviously, yes, obviously, whoever's saying it, you know, you know, has different, uh, uh, a different type of impact or possible impact. Right, it's about, it's about, it's about intention at the end, right? So are are you trying to make people laugh or are you just trying to be informative? Right, right, you know, uh, right, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. I agree with all that. I just, um, you know, I I just not sure, you know, how much attention we, you know, we need to, you know, yes, it depends who and what and so forth. But, you know, we have to, you know, there's sometimes there's there's this, uh, you know, uh, immediate response to um, anti-Semitic, uh, uh, you know, behaviors and so forth, you know. And uh, I'm not really sure, you know, if that's really the way. I've seen it. I'm not, I'm not really considered a Hasid. I'm not like, you know, the Hasidic community. I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm you know, if you want Breslev, uh, Chabad, uh, Baal Tshuva, yeah. you know. But I know in the Hasidic community, they do not, and, and these are people that came from the Holocaust, okay, you know, most of them are, you know, families, generations, and they know what anti-Semitism, they know the possibility and how destructive anti-Semitism is. Right. But they do not like um, uh, that attention uh, put on to anti-Semitism because they feel that the more you put attention to that, the bigger deal you make about anti-Semitism, it actually creates more anti-Semitism. Okay, so I, I get where you're coming from. Thank you so much for calling. I appreciate it. Thank you. All so right. Much. Have a good day. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. So, so what Shalom is saying is that when you talk about anti-Jewism. When you tell people that there is a swastika on the door of a synagogue near your house, uh, then you're encouraging other people to copycat. Uh, this argument was made to me many, many times over the years. Uh, I like to tell the story of, um, of maybe a dozen years ago, more, a little more than a dozen years ago. Uh, I got a call. I was running an organization at the time. Well, it's more than a dozen years, about 25 years ago. I was running an organization called Save All Jews Everywhere. I founded the organization when we were kids. We were running the organization. And uh, one day I get a call in the morning, and I, uh, they tell me that a synagogue, Yanshe Asherov on Buret, was uh, daubed with a swastika. The, the doors were, were swastika. And I said, wow, really? And I turned on the radio, and I listened to the news, uh, the newscast in Montreal, the, the newscast on CJD Radio. And uh, 
they didn't mention it. And I listened to a couple of hours of news, like two hours of news, no mention. So four newscasts, no mention at all of the synagogue being dubbed. And I thought that was weird. So I called in and I said, I'm calling on behalf of my organization. And uh, I just want to report that this, um, that this was a, you know, there was dubbing on the synagogue and I want to make a statement. And I, and they said, okay, let's record you. And they recorded my statement. And what I basically said was, the Jewish community is outraged by this attack on our synagogue, and we are not going to stand by idly and allow our synagogues to be attacked. And I speak on behalf of myself, my organization. We are outraged, and we are going to take action. And the action we are going to take is we are going to increase the, the, the vigilance, the, the watching, the, the, the security around our synagogues. We are going to make sure that if anybody dares dob a swastika on a synagogue, they will not only be caught, they, they will be arrested and, and some action will be taken against them. And this is what I said on the radio. Uh, it didn't take more than an hour. I, I let off the newscast for, for the next three newscasts. I let off the newscast. I was the number one guy, the first story in the newscast. I let off the newscast. Uh, a couple of hours later, I get a call from a pulpit rabbi in Montreal. And the pulpit rabbi says to me, how, how dare you call the radio? Who gave you the right to speak on behalf of the community? And I answered him. I was 19 years old at the time, and I, I remember this clearly. And I said to him, who gave me the right to speak on behalf of the community? Who gave you the right to speak on behalf of the community? You don't speak on behalf of me, and I don't speak on behalf of you. I spoke on behalf of the organization I run. You can speak on behalf of your organization. Call the media, you know, put out your comment. I was sick and tired at the time, and I'm still sick and tired of the exact same, the exact same attitude. I, I don't mean to be attacking the caller, and I'm really not. But it's the attitude that, that we have to sit quietly. It's a ghetto mentality of Zai Still. It's the Yiddish version, uh, the Yiddish version of uh, the Yiddish words, excuse me, that say, um, keep quiet. The more you talk, the more they're going to hate you. It's not true. And that's the problem. It's been proven over and over and over again that that, that sentiment is not true. A Jew hater that hates Jews is going to continue hating Jews. A Jew hater that, uh, that, that's going to recruit other people to hate Jews, they're going to recruit them regardless if I speak or I don't speak. The only thing I do when I don't speak is I show how weak I am. It's I show how scared I am. Not speaking out against anti-Jewism, not speaking out against Jew hatred, not speaking out against the fact that we are being attacked means that I'm a weaker, that I'm a, that I'm a loser, that I'm a weak loser. It's also the uh, same problem that I have with Holocaust museums. And I've stated this over the years, too, that I think it's very important. Holocaust education is extremely important, ultimately important. But we're teaching it wrong. We're teaching, them, we're teaching our children that we are the victims of the Holocaust. We are not teaching our children that we are the victors of the Holocaust. Now, when I said this when I was on the AM radio, and I said this on AM radio, I used to have a guy calling in, and he was, uh, his parents were Holocaust survivors. And he used to call in all the time, and he, he used to yell at me. Every time I said this, he'd yell at me. And he would say to me, Howie, what are you, crazy? We lost so many people in the Holocaust. Of course we were victims. Yes, yes, the people who died were victims of the Holocaust. And, uh, and we have to remember them, and we have to remember what happened to them, and we could never forgive the perpetrators of that massacre. We could never forgive our murderers. I, I, don't, I don't believe in rehabilitation of murderers. So I, I will never forgive the, the country, the people that committed this atrocity against us. But at the same time, we have to realize that the Jewish people still exist. 
Hitler's goal was to destroy the Jewish people. We still exist. We are still here. And every Holocaust museum in the world should have as their final exhibit... Oh, wait, let me back up. Every Holocaust museum in the world should have as their first exhibit Jewish life before the Holocaust, the disruption of Jewish life during the Holocaust, and then Jewish life after the Holocaust. Sure, we have to remember. We have to definitely remember the victims. We have to remember the stories. We have to... I mean, it's very important. But, but, we also have to remember we won. We still exist. Hitler's not around anymore. We still exist. The Nazis aren't in power anymore. All right, Jay might have a Nazi here and there that, uh, that, that you know, raises his head every now and then. But the Nazis are not in power. The Nazis did not win the Holocaust. The Jews won with the help of the Allies. And as long as we remember that, as long as we can remember that we were the victors, we weren't the victims, then why do we have victims' guilt? Why do we sit back and hide? Why are we afraid? We won. What are we afraid of? Why can't we yell our victory? After the Holocaust, great things happened to the Jewish people. The state of Israel was created. Great thing that happened to the Jewish people. We live in, we live in communities in North America and elsewhere that for years, for years, have accepted us to, for the most part and not persecuted us for the most part. And yet we still sit around and we're still afraid to talk about people who hate us and still afraid to get up and say, no, 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 we're not accepting that. It's scary. To me, that's the scariest part of the whole thing. To me, it's not so scary. I'm not, I'm not that scared that there are people out there who hate us. I accept the fact that Jews are the most hated people in the world. This is something I accept wholeheartedly. Something I understand, I accept, and something that I believe that we could do something about. We're not going to convince people who hate us not to hate us, but what we can do is we can say that we are strong people. Don't touch us. Don't come anywhere near us. That's what we can do. But not if we have the attitude that every time we talk about Jew hatred, every time we condemn a Jew hater, we're just, we're just uh, convincing another Jew hater to get up and kick us. Actually, I think it's the opposite. I think we go the other way. That every time we condemn a Jew hater, every time we give out a strong statement, Every time we yell and we scream, every time we beat up, physically beat up somebody who's attacking the Jewish people, every time we do that, we are sending a message to the Jew haters that we're not a people to be messed with. And until we learn that lesson, until we learn that this is what we have to be doing, we are, we're in serious, deep trouble. Now, I... I once again, let me, let me be clear that I'm not attacking the caller. I'm attacking the, the idea that we have to be scared and hiding in a corner. We can't be cowering. I'm not a coward. And you shouldn't be either. And this community should not be a community of cowards. That would be terrible. It's a terrible, terrible way to think. It's a terrible ideology that's been passed down from our organizations because they want to take care of us. A terrible terrible message we're sending to, to our enemies. Imagine if a kid in a schoolyard was being bullied, and every time the bully comes by the kid in the schoolyard, the kid goes and cowers in the corner. Is that bully going to continue bound, pounding on that kid, or is that bully going to walk away? Of course he's going to continue pounding on the kid. Why wouldn't he? What does he have to lose? What does that kid have to lose 
by pounding on the kid who's hiding in the corner. Nothing. He has nothing to fear. The kid's going to hide from him. The kid's scared of him. But if that kid turned around and pounded the bully and punched him in the face and it hurt the bully, the bully will go find someone else to pick on and leave that kid alone. That's all I'm saying. one 1292 is the number to call. one 669 1292 Get in on a conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show. I know not everybody agrees with what I say. And I know when I say things like this, people, sometimes their eyebrows go up and they get, uh, they get a little scared. They get a little antsy. They, 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 I usually get like 50 emails after the show saying, Howie, what are you talking about? But the truth is that uh, if we keep depicting ourselves as weak people, we'll always be weak people. If we keep building moats and, and hiring security guards and, and putting metal detectors in our synagogues and our institutions... Answer this question and think about this honestly and answer this question to yourself. You could call and answer it to me, whatever you want to do. Think about this carefully and answer this question. Why is it that mosques could have their doors unlocked 24 hours a day? Anybody who wants to go into a mosque 24 hours a day could walk in and pray. Why is it that churches could have their doors unlocked 24 hours a day? And anybody who wants to go into a church could just walk in and pray any time of day and night. Why is it that synagogues have their doors locked 24 hours a day and security guards standing in front of there and security cameras and lights and, and, and fences and gates and you name it, they have it. Why is it that everybody else in the world could go and pray to God 24 hours a day unfeathered, unmolested, and un, uncaring, not even a care in the world, to go in there and do it. But the Jews have to build fortresses. It is a question that, that, that I'm sure plagues a lot of us. But why is it? Why is that the case? I'd say, and uh, this is only part of it, there's, there's a much longer answer to this, and, um, and, and one day I'll give a speech and, and, tell you, and, and give the longer answer that I have for this at least. If anybody ever invites me to come and speak anywhere, nobody's ever invited me, but if I ever get invited, I'll give, I'll give it a speech. Uh, one day, at the end of the... <laughs> one day, uh, I'll answer the question in whole, but let me just tell you now. Part of it is because we depict ourselves as weak people. Part of it is because we depict ourselves as an easy target. Part of it is because we depict ourselves as the victim all the time. We're always yelling, we're the victim, stop bothering us, we're the victim, we're the victim, we're the victim. Let's stop doing that. Let's not allow our organizations to do that. Let's not allow us to be the victim anymore. Let's start raising our heads up high, being proud of who we are, being proud of our people, being proud of our history, remembering the sad times, celebrating the good times. Once we start doing that, you're going to see a lot of Jew haters are just going to walk away and go find someone else. They realize it doesn't bother us. If they realize that we're not going to be phased by it, that there's going to be no reaction, they're going to find something else to do. I hope or pray that the Jewish community decides to go this route because it's the only route that's going to ensure the survival of the Jewish community in North America. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. I want to thank you for joining me. I will be back again, again, um, well, probably not tomorrow night, but I'll be back again next week. We'll see you next week right here on the True Talk Radio Network, truetalkradio.com. Download the app. 
uh, from your favorite app store, the True Talk Radio Network app. We have all sorts of shows. We have all sorts of uh, uh, great stuff running on True Talk Radio. It's an online radio station. The stream runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We have some great, great shows on there, some stuff that I'm sure you'll enjoy listening to. Uh, TrueTalkRadio.com and go to your favorite app store and search for the True Talk Radio Network app. So until next time, I'm Howie Silberger. Have a great night.